Hello and welcome to Forces Sport with me, Kath Brazier, and joined as ever by the reliable Julian Evans. Um, have you had a good week, Jules, sports-wise? Sports-wise, it's been okay. <laughs> My brain has been slightly perplexed with the question, are there more wheels in the world or more doors? <laughs> it's, yeah, wheels or doors. What do you think then? The question, the multi-million I, I can't, because are we including Lego wheels and Lego oh. doors? And are we including boots of car? Is the boot of a car a door? Surely any door in your house is a door, like a cupboard door. So I would say doors. And not everyone's got a car, so... But not everybody's got a house. <laughs> what about those people who live in mobile? Anyway. Mobile I'm glad house. we anyway. cleared that up for everyone. Um, yeah. I, I hope you, the listener, have a, a much better explanation than either Jules or myself. But let's look forward to our guest this week in fact Rachel Williamson would have been someone who would have had a definitive answer I'm sure for that Jules Um, she's been the Team UK Invictus captain now for well over two years because the 2020 games in The Hague were postponed twice due to the Covid pandemic but they are finally happening this April. And then finding out with the pandemic still going on and being postponed a second time I think that hit us harder and it was just what do we do? Is it going to go ahead? What's, you know, will we have the time to actually get back into training or do we have to reapply for the next games? But luckily, every, everything worked out and they've managed to find another date for this April. And uh, third time lucky, we will be going to The Hague. She says that with everything crossed, I'm sure, but I, I'm, I'm absolutely 100% sure, I'm more than 100% sure that it's going to happen. Um, Rachel was, of course, a medic in the Royal Air Force when she injured her thumb playing rugby. It did eventually leave her with no function in her right arm and she's also got a severe tremor. But her sporting life started much younger and she was aiming to one day swim at the Olympics. But disappointment in her teens means she has a long and complicated relationship with sport. I think I just thought, well, I failed myself and my family and I don't deserve to have fun anymore. As bad as that sounds, I really thought I've lost my opportunity. That's what myself and my family and my coaches all aimed for. And just because I hit the wall a little bit too slow, that was the opportunity lost. And it was only really because of getting injured that I found sport in a new way, that it can actually help you rather than the performance side. It's more for fun and just to enjoy it as best you can. Jules, I completely forgotten about her early successes in swimming, so I'm glad you'd done your research um, before interview with Rachel. But that was the first time you'd met her? I've obviously come across her quite a few times with Invictus. Yes, it was the first time I'd met her. And as you said, she's been the Invictus captain for two years and she's got the tattoo to prove it. <laughs> yeah. which, which Still there. Yeah, the still hey, 2020. 2020. So, well, um, she's, uh, I think um, she's learnt from her mistake in that she's not going to change the tattoo in any way until the games are done and done so that she can then decide whether she gets um, another date inscripted on there. But um, she's such a good mixture of um, energy, realism. And I just think, I I can't think of anyone else who could have kept that team going for sort of two years. And she's run this captain's log every day to sort of check in with people. Um, And she's just this bundle of energy. And I think that's been, been good for her team during the time. Gold medalist in the swimming pool, of course, yep. for the Invictus Games. And she's still got those broad shoulders, hasn't she, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that swimmers seem to have. Yeah, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. And um, also, happy birthday to Rachel. Happy birthday, Rachel. Yes. Uh, if you are listening on Monday the 14th. What do you mean if? if of course <laughs> she's listening. listening. Of course you're on listening, On Monday Rachel. the 14th. All the best to you. And um, yes, and if we'll it's your birthday, up. wherever you're listening, happy Absolutely. birthday to you as well. Absolutely. Kath will bake you a cake. <laughs> oh, I lemon say, drizzle. I My say, lemon drizzle I, was good, wasn't it? 
um, well, once the fire brigade had finished <laughs> finished putting the flames out, yeah, it was it was all right. <laughs> Which is great job for Burnford. He loved it, really. Um, if you want to hear more from Rachel, then do keep listening because there's plenty more to come from her. A very deserving Invictus Team UK captain. We'll also be discussing a lot of forces sport this week um, and a few of the headline sports stories from around the world. But first, let's um, look back on the Winter Paralympics, which, of course, have now finished. Um how did the GB team do? Well, they got six medals in total, one gold, one silver and four bronze. And all of those bar one came in alpine skiing with our military guides for visually impaired athletes, Brett Wilde from the Royal Navy and Gary Smith from the RAF, both bringing home medals. Brett, who guides for Millie Knight, won bronze in the downhill and Gary, who does the same job for Mena Fitzpatrick, got silver in the Super G and bronze in Super Combined. Um, I mean, not surprising, but kind of sad news overnight that Brett Wilde, has announced his retirement, having done two Paralympic Games, various World Cups, uh, 12 World Cup gold medals with Millie Knight. He's going to be retiring from being her guide. So all the best to um, to Brett as he returns to Royal Navy duties, having been on elite athlete status for, well, six six years now, going on six years, um, maybe even longer, I think. Um now, just uh, congratulations also to GB snowboarder Ollie Hill, who bagged a bronze in the bank slalom. He pipped his GB teammate and ex-Army athlete Owen Pick into an agonising fourth. But I'm sure, as Owen said before he headed out to the Games, he just wanted to be happy doing what he does best. And um, I'm sure he was. It, six medals are one short of the tally they got in Pyeongchang in 2018. But it is within the UK sport medal range they'd hope for these Games between five and nine. And brilliant also to see our Aaron Nordic athletes doing so well, Scott Mina and eventually Steve Arnold, Jules. And how wonderful after all the COVID, does he have COVID, does he not have COVID, to finally yeah. see him race in a couple of events. Well, he can call himself a Paralympian, so well done to Steve. <laughs> yes. And and well done to all of those who helped him get there as well. You know, you have, you have a backup team behind you, most of which sort of falls on the shoulders of your family. So Absolutely. well done to his family for helping him as well. And actually his wife, um, Jess Baker, now Jess Arnold, um, is ex-Help for Heroes and still doing the same sort of job, you know, sporting job that she's done so well. So I'm sure she's glad to have seen Steve um, compete out there in Beijing. Um, Women's Challenge Cup started this weekend. Um, British Army versus Warrington Wolves in Aldershot. Jules, you were there. Bit of a new format this year. It is a new format. So it's a sort of a, a pool. So there's, there's groups of four teams in each. The top two will then progress in the competition so the army have a very tough group they've got the current defending champion st helens which are arguably probably the best women's rugby league side in not just the country but perhaps in 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 europe as well so yeah. very tough outfit they've got them next and i don't want to say a chastening experience because they didn't have all their players available for the game against warrington wolves yesterday no. um, but, but they, they were yeah soundly beaten in that first pool match by 50 points to eight they were they were beaten fifty points to eight. They they gave it everything and they came away with two tries. So yeah, they didn't leave anything out on the pitch. No, and after the game, the captain Emily White admitted it had been a tough afternoon for Forces Team of the Year, and she spoke to John Knighton. Yeah, it's been a really difficult day, and yeah, we didn't get the result we wanted, but. This is exactly what happened last season. We started that with a big loss and look how well that went. So just tried to bring the girls back up there and say, 
at this start of something new and we're going to build from this so yeah it's always hard when you're on the end of a you know a big defeat um, and you're not used to it actually either uh, but um you know all credit to warrington really good side very powerful very strong in so many departments yeah i think we just discussed there i think it's our fifth loss in the last few years which is is difficult to take and it is hard and we've got several new players uh, two people who made their debut today played the whole the whole game um, and yeah, we're learning, we're just developing as a team and we're coming back together after the break and hopefully next game we'll have it, we'll have it knitted together properly. Now one of the six debutants for Warrington Wolves was former Army and Wales netball star Fern Davis, which is an incredible turn of events, isn't it? But it shows the sort of, it shows the way that the military can, again, we talk about it almost every week, can sort of progress your career in whatever sport you choose. She's a natural. I don't yeah. know why she hasn't played rugby league <laughs> before because this wasn't quite her debut. She did have a, a, another fixture before okay. this one. But yeah, she's a natural. She she started the season afresh, completely not knowing what she was doing. Headless chicken, she described herself as. <laughs> but when she got the ball, she used the power, the, the plyometric benefits she has from, from she's netball. tall as well yeah she is yeah she is tall so she plays at prop in in rugby league not quite, and she was a bit sort of prop i'm not playing prop <laughs> but it's different in rugby league because yeah. you know you're just you're thir basically 13 you know 13 back players basically and and she was fantastic of course she's a previous winner at the army um athletics championships in the hurdles so again that plyometric <laughs> energy that she has um yeah she was fantastic yesterday well, she came on as a player interchange in the second half and made a major contribution, scoring a surging try. Yeah, I'm absolutely amazed, to be honest. It's nice to be back in old shot after leaving in October. Um, it's just a nice addition. I think we played a 15-minute performance, though, so um, we're going home with our heads, heads down a little bit, but happy with the win. Well done to Fern. I wonder if you're, what sports she'll pick next. But next up for the Army, as you said, Jules, a cup holder St Helens who scored a 13-try, 68-0 win at Barrow. But you can see that full game between the Army and Warrington Wolves from that first pool match um, on the Forces News Facebook page. Uh, Rugby Union, the Royal Navy's annual meet-up with the Marine Nationale in France over this weekend. Sadly, neither game went the way of the British, with the men losing 33-7 and the women going down to a very similar scoreline, 34-7. I think I've got that the right way round. But Jules, back to you as you were at the Army Squash Championships last week. I was at the Army Squash Championships last week. Slightly new format, which caught me out because in the past all the finals have taken place on the last day of the competition but this year they did the women's final midweek so I'm afraid I missed that. I did however get to see the concluding games in the men's finals and four times men's open finalist Paul Jones finally got his hands on the trophy after he saw off first time finalist Arthur May. Now Jones cruised to the title winning in three straight games. Afterwards I spoke to Paul. He's a reservist who serves as a trooper at the Honourable Artillery Company in London and he told me he was delighted to win the top prize in Army Squash after missing out on previous occasions. I've lost four now, so yeah, nice to get my name on that uh, trophy. Finally, before I get too old. Yeah, yeah obviously Sam Miller was, was always uh, you know somebody that was in the way, but today you, everything came together for you. Yeah, it did, yeah. Quite a smooth run, felt fit, no injuries, so yeah, yeah very lucky. Yeah, you're obviously based out of London, so where do you get to hone your skills? Where do you get to play your squash? So I live in Winchester, so I play at Winchester Club. Yeah, so that's nice, quite a nice, uh, yeah. nice little setup. Yeah. yeah, decent standard down yeah. there. So 
this isn't the end of your season. This is probably just the start because you've got eyes on inter-services glory as well. Yeah, so our big sort of crown event is the uh, Army Navy Air Force, which is uh, early April, and that'll be yeah, that's good for it. Trying to get the name of that cup yet again, but we're a few few players down, so we'll just have to see how we get on. Well, one of those players down is Sam Miller, who I mentioned in that little interview there. Sam Miller has been a fantastic stalwart for Army Squash. He helped, uh, I think he had a world ranking at one point of, you know, perhaps 65, something like that. So he's led led them to inter-services glory in the past. So now it's down to Paul Jones and Arthur May to do that. But in the under-25s competition, I caught up with Michael Kwame. Now, he came from behind to claim the men's under-25 title. He beat his rival, Oliver Coleman, three games to one. Now, Kwame, who serves in the Royal Engineers, has high hopes of competing at this year's Commonwealth Games for St Vincent. And he that told well-known little island in the Caribbean. Well, it all counts. <laughs> Commonwealth Games athlete, you're a Commonwealth Games athlete. And he told me his latest victory was a timely boost ahead of those Commonwealth Games qualifiers. Because that level of squash I'm playing here now, I've never played it before, and I'm glad to be seeing it now. Saw that you were down in that first set, but then you came back. Do you think that was just a, a little bit of a mental blockage? Oh yeah, definitely. This entire match was mental challenging. So what I had to do, I had to settle the game, just keep him running. That's all I had to do. And then from there, he was the one with the mental problems and I took step. How much of this game is won between the years? How much of it is, is a mental game? Oh, everyone I will say, like all my matches, every match that I play, I'm looking at five sets most. I don't know for three because it's never easy. You meet someone new every day, expect something different. So some silverware now and hopefully Commonwealth Games qualification for you. You know, what do you have to do between now and, and that qualifi qualification? Well, between now and then, it's concentrating as much as I can and then I fly back home next month and then from there, I've got to transition from the cold courts to very, very hot courts and the temperature and then try to go from there because the guys are back home training right now and I still got to focus on my training. Sorry, very abrupt end there to That's right, he's got a very, he's, well, there, there was a, places to be, things to do. There was a squash ball coming in our direction. <laughs> so he's got to get back um, and prepare. So, yeah, he was talking about acclimatising. So hopefully, see how he gets on. But it'd be great if he can qualify for the Commonwealth yeah. Games in Birmingham. Fantastic. It'd be good to, to follow his way through. Now, someone who is on top of the world at the moment because the Invictus Games are finally happening is Rachel Williamson. She was named as the first female captain of Invictus Team UK in October 2019. 30 months on, it's likely she'll also hold the accolade of the longest serving captain after the 2020 Games were postponed twice due to the COVID pandemic. But like I say, they are happening on April 16th this year. And Rachel talked to us about the challenges of leading a team in lockdown and her relationship with sport prior and post-injury. It's starting to become real now we're getting to that phase where we're finalising everything and um, yeah starting to enjoy it more. As an athlete how do you remain on standby for two years because <laughs> you know the slowest starting gun in history it hasn't yet happened so how do you stay sharp and focused? I think especially during the pandemic I had to respect the team and just make sure that everyone looks after themselves more importantly and time will come with the games but especially being that long, we just had to have a little break, refocus ourselves, look after ourselves and our families. And as soon as we regrouped late last year, now it's time to get back into that Invictus mindset and uh, start getting back into training. And a lot of that sort of looking after your team was, was having to be done online, like the rest of us having to do Zoom chats and all the rest of it. But Invictus were brilliant um, and Help for Heroes in facilitating online training sessions and even setting up an app where you could compete with international athletes as well. So you threw yourself you know, headfirst into that, so to speak, didn't you? Definitely. I tried to keep myself busy because the last thing we want is just to be sat there 
probably eating too many Doritos, watching too many films and um, just forgetting all about why I'm actually doing it in the first place. And yeah, it's one of those where it's picking up a bit more. We had all that online training, which really did help. And we didn't force anybody to do it. But naturally, I just like to do what I get offered and just enjoy it and just stay busy. And that's exactly what I did. A lot has changed over the last couple of years. And we laugh about the fact that you, you'll be the longest living Team UK in longest living, longest, living, longest, um, serving. longest serving UK Team UK captain. Um, but you do have a certain responsibility and you did have that responsibility during COVID to sort of look after your team. And I know a lot of the personnel have changed, you know, since, since what was selected two years ago. But did you feel that extra responsibility, um, you know, to, to support them? Yeah, definitely. I wanted to make sure they were aware that they still had all of us to reach out to if they wanted to speak to us and to have the access to any help that they needed as well. And so I stayed in contact. I messaged every member individually, probably every other month, just to give them, so I didn't want to flood them too much. But just to make sure that they are in an okay place and they're just getting by and uh, just make sure they're aware that I'm still here if they need to have a talk and uh, yeah if there's any help they need we can reach out if needed. Yeah as military people I'm sure they're well used to being on standby and then something being postponed or, or put back but at the time did you think gosh this is two years? At the time I didn't expect this to go on for this long to be honest it's uh, when we had the first postponement we weren't even sure if the games were going to be going ahead again because we just wasn't sure and the previous games in Dusseldorf were already in the planning and so when we found out they were going to be rescheduled for 2021 we were like great this is amazing you know won't have long to go and then finding out with the pandemic still going on and being postponed a second time I think that hit us harder and it was just what do we do? Is it going to go ahead? What's, you know, will we have the time to actually get back into training or do we have to reapply for the next games? But luckily, every, everything worked out and they've managed to find another date for this April. And a uh, third time lucky, we will be going to The Hague. Well, as an Invictus athlete, you made your name in the pool. That's where you've won the majority of your medals and you'll be back in the pool again at The Hague. But also, you've taken on another sport. <laughs> What's the sport that you're going to be competing in this time around? So my new sport is athletics, doing uh, discus in throwing. And how does one train for discus during <laughs> lockdown? Because you're swimming and rowing, I can sort so of see. Not but the biggest yeah. Guy, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, do the are the neighbours quite accommodating? Do they throw it back to you when it's landed? I don't know if my aim is quite perfect just yet, but um, but yeah. So swimming, you can't exactly train in a bath and. Um, I just made sure I just practiced drills in my kitchen, just doing the uh, footwork as such. And I mainly just concentrated on general body circuits, you know, nothing, the sort of the sports side of training will happen at a later stage. But, um, but no, I love the discus. It's so uh, yeah, did the team approach you and say, we're a bit short of a discus thrower, <laughs> what, what are you like? Or how did, how did that evolve? You know, how, how is it that you're throwing the discus this time around? Quite embarrassing. I um, oh. <laughs> when I went to Sorry, you're amongst friends here, so you can It's tell. fine. Um, so when I went to Sydney, I realised for a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> no, I realised there's a field in the middle of an athletics track, and right. you throw stuff. And I knew, obviously, I knew athletics had throwing, but I didn't realise sort of Invictus did that side of it. I just heard athletics and thought running, and I was like, I'm, I'm not running. <laughs> And then um, the coach actually said, why didn't you 
you know, do athletics for Sydney. And I was like, well, I just didn't realise. And so I said, if I was ever going to apply a second time, I would look into it. And I thought, yeah, let's do it. And uh, yeah, it's really good fun, actually. Oh, good for you. Fantastic. That's interesting as well, because um, I wondered, because the personnel has changed, how much was there I doubt there's any pressure but was there sort of oh gosh we need we've got gaps in here because Invictus does work like that they actually really encourage people to be multi-sport faceted and because the schedule works really well to sort of make sure they accommodate all those multi-sports people that isn't unusual that people are called in at the last minute and say well you know you must be able to do this you know that people are quite multi-skilled in a way yeah, we do encourage everyone that has an interest in Invictus just to look at all the sports available because you'll be surprised how adaptive they are and how much fun you'll find that you can actually do this sport that you never thought of before. And um, and yeah, we all go through sort of classifying where in case there is a gap in a team sport that you can, even though you may not know what you're doing, but you can actually fill a gap and just have fun with it. So um, yeah, we can, if needed we can go into other ones. Is it inevitable that you're on this sporting journey because prior to joining the REF you were on another sporting journey, you hoped to compete for, was it England in the, in the Commonwealth Games in the swimming pool? Uh, my aim was for the Olympics, right. um, the 2008 Beijing Olympics and I was a swimmer from, well competitively from 13 to 17 and I had this national ambition from 13 year old to this Olympic ambition from 16, 17 year old and all my fellow friends were GB athletes. They were all working their way up into the Commonwealths, into the Olympics. And it was my turn next. But unfortunately, when I did the Commonwealth Trials finals, I hit the ball a little bit too slow and I missed my opportunity. Just by a flicker of a finger sort of thing. So did, that, did the hunger of missing out on that, has that played into what you're doing now? You know, your team captain for the Invictus squad, you're achieving gold medals. Does that play on the mind and does it give you that extra hunger? Probably in a different way nowadays. I think back then it was all about performance and wanting to strive to get to the highest level possible. And after swimming, I actually banned myself from sport. You banned yourself from sport? <laughs> yeah. I'm not, obviously, I'm not very good at banning myself. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Now you're doing like, all the sports. But, um, but yeah, maybe you needed I, that ban to love it again. Yeah, exactly. I, was it, did you fall out of love with sport? I think I just thought, well, I failed myself and my family and I don't deserve to have fun anymore. As bad as that sounds, I really thought I've lost my opportunity. That's what myself and my family and my coaches all aimed for. And just because I hit the wall a little bit too slow, that was the opportunity lost. And so when I joined the military, I realised, let's try and do sport again. And I sort of represented in swimming and rugby. And that's when I realised maybe swimming isn't for me anymore. I sort of got bored of the smell of chlorine. I kept sort of, it's bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I kept thinking I'm not as fast as I used to be and comparing myself. And it was only really because of getting injured that I found sport in a new way, that it can actually help you rather than the performance side. It's more for fun and just to enjoy it as best you can. And that's what the Invictus movement is yeah. all about really, isn't it? Is, yeah. That's the selling point. You're, you're doing this for fun and, and making friendships. Yeah, definitely. It's um, I've got friends for life just from going through this Invictus journey. And yeah, I honestly wouldn't know where I'd be if I wasn't doing it. But it, it, what you needed, possibly back then when you fell out of love with swimming the first time, um, uh, perhaps what you needed then was the mental strength that you have now that you've learned through injury and through Invictus. 
do you ever think, you know, gosh, if I, we all think, God, I wish, I wish I'd had that strength when I was younger, but do you wish that you'd had that learning back then to deal with the disappointment that you possibly have learnt and instil in others these days? Yeah, definitely. I think back then there wasn't much scope into sort of mental health or how to um, get over, like, your event if it doesn't go to plan, you know, have this plan B or have this sort of different side of the mentality, where nowadays... I see it from different perspectives, but yeah, definitely back then it was just, if you win, you win, if you don't, you lose, and that's it, you weren't good enough and you had to win again, where now it's, um, yeah, I understand you have good days and bad days, but if you get up and, you know, that's one step every day into small goals that go towards the bigger ones. Well, you can hear more from Rachel if you want to. We've got the full half an hour interview at the BFBS Sports Show channel on YouTube. Um, Full unedited video version of that conversation, including you can learn a bit about her adopted penguin. But um, she really does have some incredible stuff and insights um, to say. And like I said, a sort of bundle of energy. And happy birthday, Rachel. Well, I'm glad she's relaxed that ban and that she's back playing sport. Yeah, I can understand it though. If you've, you're such a high achiever, to sort of, it, it does take a massive knock, you know. When you and she's only missing out by the length of a finger or you know a couple of milliseconds. Um, it probably just it does sort of knock you. But she's certainly embracing sport now, like you said, and whatever sport comes along. Just a quick quick glance at anything. I mean, cricket wise, yes, it was a draw for England against the West Indies, but. Um, not exactly their best performance and it's really sad to see that the ladies reigning world champions England out there in New Zealand now on the back of three losses to Australia, West Indies and South Africa. They need to win all of their remaining four games to even have a sniff of qualifying um, and like I said they are the reigning world champions um, there at the Women's World Cup so we'll have to see how that goes. Um, rugby union I mean it was a weekend of six nations really none of the scores were that surprising you were there you were there and I say that my my take on the weekend is that there's there's it's not a good place to be Twickenham when England lose but when you find out halfway through the game that you're sat behind an Ireland legend you get to dissect Mm. the game who was the Ireland legend Kath thanks for bringing it up Jules (laughs) yeah it was none other than Keith Wood Keith Wood I did the absolute classic, and I hate it when people do this, and I fell into the complete trap when you meet a celebrity, and I, oh, you're much bigger than I thought you were. <laughs> do you know what that <laughs> happens? To, to which his reply were, oh, so are you, in an Irish accent, obviously. But, yeah. um, well, he, he saved me from having to say it too. Much, so. <laughs> He's obviously obviously heard it a hundred times before, but yes, I think he was the running potato, wasn't he, when he was... Uh, wasn't he nicknamed the running potato when he played? Could have, could have been. Could have been. <laughs> Possibly he might have said that to his face. on um, that, Yes, but um, very good performance from Ireland. Arguably not a bad for performance from England when they were 14 men down after uh, two minutes. But um, Scotland with a win and obviously France on that uh, sort of Grand Slam tour. Um, they just have England to play and quite honestly the way they're playing at the moment. I don't think that they can be beaten. But let's look ahead, Jules, to... Well, I was just going to say, uh, talking rugby, Gemma Rowland, Wales and Army star, of course. She's trying to nudge her way into selection for the Women's Six Nations. And she featured for uh, Wales this weekend in their game with the US of A. And, of course, you can listen to the interview we had with her a 
few months ago now. Yes, um, dig into where our she talks, archives. Yes, yeah. where she talks about um, her want to get back into that Wales side. Um, looking ahead, we have the UK Armed Forces Sports Award this week. Um, on Thursday, we're live streaming from the from the RAF Club in London for those awards. Um, it's going live from about two o'clock. Just to rattle through the, the main nominations for Sportswoman of the Year, it's between the Royal Navy's Sophie Colborne for boxing, Karis Artingstall, Army, also for boxing, and of course, the small matter of an Olympic bronze medal. And Shona Brownlee, who just seen competing out at the Winter Paralympics, she's an RAF athlete who's on her way back from Beijing at the moment. In the sportsman's car- in the sportsman category, it's between Royal Marine boxer George Crotty, Simon Horsfield from Army Dinghy Sailing, and Jonathan Mafflin, RAF for Martial Arts, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. There's also an Official of the Year award and a team award which has already been announced, and that's the Army Women's Rugby League team. Another live stream, the Inter-Services Boxing is being held at RAF Holton this Wednesday, and we'll be live streaming that on the Forces News Facebook page. And Jules, you an interesting event for you next week the army female boxers are up against fighters from india so tell us a bit about that well that's where the army female boxers are up against a team from india <laughs> so i shall find out is there more. a parrot in this room i shall find out more and let you know <laughs> uh, inter-services football starts this week it does i can't that's come hot in the hills hasn't it of course of the under 23 but um inter-services get underway with the RAF hosting the royal navy the men are at Shrewsbury Town on Wednesday night. The women play on Thursday night at RAF Cosford. And Kyle Dixon will be covering those games for us. Um, just uh, March is always jam-packed, isn't it, Jules? It's that sort of changeover in seasons. Um, we get to the end of seasons for, for rugby and we'll be looking at inter-services rugby as we get towards the end of this month. But that is all for this week. You can keep up with all that's happening. Just go to forces.net for the latest results and action. That's it from us and forces sport we'd love to hear from you though so please do get in touch at forces sport at bfbs.com and don't forget as we said to look back at the archive and chats with all our military guests on the bfbs sports show youtube channel and you can listen back to all the weekly forces sport programs at bfbs.com slash podcasts or on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts thanks again for listening week 23 we're steaming ahead um have a good week jules and we'll see you next week Welcome back, Tom Brady.